Previously on Cast and Wax. Uh, so you, you work for a cow? Yes, I now work for a cow. But Nathan, we still haven't found your voice. Well, Jane, given how much you've talked to me all the time, it's like you're filling in the empty space inside my head. We don't have a way out, do we? Nope. We're locked in a police station. House. And the officers have just been hauled off. At last, I've cornered you, John F. Kennedy. I, Victor Freeze, will end your existence now. I'm Wally Russman on Politalk. Tuesdays and Thursdays with Wally Russman. We are going to be working on legislation to outlaw insects. I'm going to need to take some time off from the podcast. Uh, Scape? Yeah. I'm going to make you the host of Cast and White. <laughs> I am the host of this show. I have two guests. No. Uh, well, right. not guests. Co-hosts. Yeah, yeah, co-hosts with me. They are the co-hosts. Um, one of them you just heard, that was Frank Allen. Yeah. Hi, I am Frank Allen. I'm a very good host, and I host uh, a lot of segments in this show, but uh, apparently not the entire show. No, that is for me to host. And I also have uh, also a friend called Rory Sinjin. Yes, hello, thank you, yes. Rory Sinjin is my name. Rory's kind of upset. Yes, I'm very upset. You're always upset, Rory. I don't understand why you have so much money and you could buy MF with it and you just don't. I don't eat MF. I It was one time when I ate MF, but it was one time. I don't eat moist food. I don't eat cat food. I don't want to spend my money on cat food. I want to do something productive with my life, but apparently the world won't let me do that. Okay, uh, whatever, anyway. Well, no, I mean, Scape, we should probably talk about that. Talk about moist food? No, about what Rory just said about about his job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it, Rory? Well, I mean, last time you heard about the job I had assisting the cow, well, now... Oh, oh, hold on, actually, no, there's a letter, isn't there? Yeah, 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 There, there is a letter, uh... Frank, do you want to read a letter? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, where is it? Here we go. Uh, dear ensembles, uh, which I guess means um, everyone. The French, wonderful. Good, good way to start. Uh, firstly, I know you're not there, Jordan, but uh, you did say you'd be listening. The broken glass cover was the proverbial bomb. Great job. It was also nice to hear the heroin song, especially in light of the recent legalizations of lesser drugs in two states. I don't know if you can email a quick answer in to be read on the show, but I'm curious how penalization will be dealt with when the insects are outlawed in the United States. I mean, we already have a tendency to just squish them for being where they don't belong. Will there be government-issued swatters for SWAT teams now? Oh, wait, before you... Okay, that's the beginning of a letter that is going to get to talking about Rory, but... 
Uh, we, we did send, we sent, people wrote into my dad, even though he said he wasn't going to be here. So what I did was I, I had Frank put in all the emails for, for Jordan and send them to him, and he sent us little audio replies. So, you sent stuff to Jordan, now here's what he has to say. Frank, play it. Oh, uh, okay. Hey there, um, Bailiff Quimby, uh, thank you for writing in to me. I'm glad you liked the cover of Broken Glass. Regarding the legalization of drugs, I have no comment, because uh, I'm not working on that. That is a totally separate issue, and, uh, you know, it wouldn't be right for me to, you know, I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm trying to make something illegal, so I'm not going to comment on people making other things legal. That's, that's a different issue. Uh, when bugs are outlawed, as we are currently working on, uh, the plan is to, yes, they, there will be a death penalty immediately uh, upon um, um, sight. Uh, anyone who is an insect in a place where insects are illegal is immediately uh, found guilty of treason and will be executed on site. But whether that be by SWAT teams, whether that be by law enforcement officials or humans, just every citizen of the United States and even resident aliens are all empowered to kill them on site uh, and in fact kind of beholden to do so. Uh, so you kind of have, you really ought to kill them. But, but again, this legislation hasn't passed, so that, that's not the case yet. Don't, don't, um, don't, don't start, I mean, please do start killing insects, but don't say I'm legally compelled to do this uh, yet, because you're not. But please do, please do do it. They are awful. Uh, thank you for writing in. Okay, uh, anyway, there's more redder, right, Frank? Yes, there is. Uh, Frank, nice show you got there, needs more meat. I don't know what he means by that, but thank you, uh, Bailiff Quimby, that's who it's from, by the way, Bailiff Quimby. Escape. Uh, best of luck hosting the show. Try and stay awake. Oh, uh, thank you very much. I will, but sometimes I gotta sleep, as you will soon discover. Well, don't. I mean, don't don't tell them. Don't sleep during the show. Well, I'll, okay, I'll try not to. Is there more? Yeah. Do, do, yes. Uh, Rory. Finally, yes. Here we are. Then we're business partners, and as such, uh, we look out for each other. We saw a way to help you, and we took it. I suspected you would approve. In Ms. Loveberger's efforts to humanize your cow supervisor, Dr. Holly Wonderbar, she legally disavowed ownership of the animal. But as a cow, Dr. Holly Wonderbar does not have legal rights. So her disappearance is not any more a legal issue than hunting a deer in the woods would be. On a completely unrelated note, we are now offering for a limited time special extra history-infused beef patties. In keeping with our tradition of marketing our beef as faux beef to lure vegetarians, it will actually be listed as extra historically soy burgers on our menus, figuring that we can explain to a judge that in another world, they are made of soy. More generally, our first two locations are doing just Wonder Bar, and five more locations are scheduled to open before the new year. Also, Lena, our cashier, thinks you're cute. Like I said, we look out for each other. Sincerely, Bailiff Quimby, president and co-founder of the June Tea Cheeseburger Institute. You're gonna love a June Tea Cheeseburger. Woody Harrelson, PETA's 2012 Sexiest Vegetarian of the Year. Oh, well, okay, so Rory, that sounds like it's pretty good stuff, because they killed the cow, and they make it so you could eat it, right? Isn't that what it said? Well, he didn't actually say that. Yeah, well, but that is what happened. Happened. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Bailiff Quimby, thank you very much, uh, went and took Holly Wonderbar and slaughtered her and made her into beef patties, which, in general, I approve of, except for what happened next. Um, yeah. Please tell everybody about uh, what happened next, Rory. I'm trying, Frank, I'm trying. What happened next was, um, Dr. Holly Wonderbar was, of course... The head of a research project, uh, and when she goes missing, that does not mean... I mean, the, the project is well-funded, so that does not mean that the project immediately is cancelled. It means that the project continues with alternate plans. And, of course, who was the assistant to Dr. Holly Wonderbar? Why, that was I, Rory Sinjin. So who does it fall to to take over the research in this project? Why, that is I, 
Rory Singer. Well, that means you're the head of a project, so that sounds like it would be a good thing all around, of course. Frank, you know very well what it means. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> but I want you to explain it, because if I explain it, oh, I just won't get as much joy as if you explain it. Uh, thank you very much. Yes. All right, fine. As you recall, what Dr. Holly Wonderbar would do in this research was eat grass, walk around a field all day, and, as cows do, defecate in the field. And then it was up to me, as her assistant, to plot on a graph where, in the field, she did the defecation and then use that as use a key to that and then therefore generates worlds. So now, of course, she dies. She goes missing, of course. And I say, well, I'll just take a, you know, it's no problem. I have lots of ideas about where worlds, you know, could be. I could say, oh, you know, there's a world where McDonald's goes out of business, whatever, you know, all, all these different worlds. But the Institute says, no, we have a system in place. You do need to take over as the researcher, but you must follow the same protocols that Dr. Wonderbar did. Which means? <sighs> Which means that what they are forcing me to do, not by choice. I have a contract. I cannot get out of this contract. We covered all that. We covered all that. Please continue. What they are forcing me to do is that I must eat all day and walk around naked in the field and go on and and deposit my leavings wherever I am when I feel the stirring within me and therefore use that to plot on the chart and use the key to generate worlds. And Okay, so I just want to clarify. I just want to get this get Yes, this yes, yes, yes. So you know exactly what I'm no, saying. No, I know. I know. I know exactly what you're saying, but I just want to make sure that it's crystal clear for all of the audience uh, what you are Frank, saying do we is, really need to do this? I think we do. Uh, what you're saying is you uh, walk around naked in a field all day and you defecate and then you as your own assistant, have to chart on a on a on a, on a graph uh, where you've defecated, and then you 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 utilize that to determine other worlds. <sighs> Frank, I just want I just want to be clear. That's what we're talking about. Yes, Frank, that is what we're talking about. Thank you very I, much. But I no, but hold on. I, I, I we could just move on. No, actually, hold on, hold on. I I, I have serious ethical questions about this study because I think it, it's been jeopardized. Uh, you're accusing me of jeopardizing the study. Well, yeah, because here's the thing: a cow is an unthinking non-sentient it doesn't make decisions you know it just walks around and yeah it goes to the bathroom when it goes to the bathroom but you as a human being relatively speaking are are, are going to make decisions i mean you could say well what i'd like to discover is a world where where superman is a frog and therefore uh, i know that if i if i go to the bathroom at this time in this place that that generates that world of course yes of course frank of course we all know this don't, don't think we didn't think of that oh, so you okay so that's so what did you do to account for that well you know it's every day i the first thing that happens is I, I eat and I eat and I eat. And then the next thing that happens is they make me drink quite a quantity of alcohol. And the next thing that they do is that they spin me around and they blindfold me and they drop me in the middle of the field um, in a location I'm not sure of exactly. And I just sort of wander around. They, they give me more food. I wander around eating it, munching on it. And then I don't know where I am at the moment when... The, the dam breaketh, or whatever you want to call it. The dam break. So what, you're holding it in? Well, I didn't want people to see. It's your job. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yes. It is my job, and so they are documenting it, and they are, you know, filming it and everything. Well, 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 so there's video of you doing this? Are people following you around with a camera, videotaping you, walking around a field naked, blindfolded, and drunk, and, t and eating until you crap yourself? No, I didn't crap myself, because I have no pants on. So I just sort of, you know, spread my legs a bit. Oh, God. Oh, this is, this is... It, this is, I'm, I'm having such a, 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 a torn 
feeling because on the one hand, this is disgusting and I don't want to hear any more about it. On the other hand, it is so humiliating to you. It is so humiliating. Don't you think I know that? Don't you think I know yeah, that? Yeah, and that makes it even more beautiful. That is, it's part of the, the grand tapestry of it all. Thank you very much. You know, I don't know if you knew, but you used to have a television show and now you don't and you work at a supermarket. Yeah, but I don't work there naked and people don't watch me poop. I really hate when people watch me poop. I go into the box and I'm like... Dig, dig, dig. And then I'm like, okay, gotta deposit these in the hole. And sometimes people are like, look, skate poop and ha ha ha. And I'm like, oh, guys, just stop looking at me. I'm, it's private. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly right. It is, it is meant to be a private thing. And yet here is Rory doing it out in public. You can't even cover it up afterwards. Well, no, that would defeat the purpose. Oh, you just leave it out? Gross. Well, they, but they need to, pl- I, I need to be able to plot where it is later. If I covered it up, I wouldn't be able to find it. Oh, gross. Yeah, I agree. That is pretty gross. I mean, not that, not that covering it up would, would do that much different, but, and don't you then have to later pick them up and, uh, and, uh, keep them? You have to, like, save them in baggies and stuff? Can we stop talking about this, please? Look, Bailiff Quimby, thank you. I appreciate you trying to help me. You know, it was a, it was a noble effort, and I'm glad that we're going to keep doing successful business from the GMT Cheeseburger Institute, but I will say it didn't exactly work out as hoped. And, um, you know, as for as for Lena, I would love to, to speak with her, you know. I doubt she wants to talk to you now that she's heard this podcast. Well, I, well hopefully she didn't hear this podcast and say, you know, I am very interested. Uh, you know, we just won't talk about work. Okay, well, we got to keep moving. We got so many emails. And we got a lot of shows. That, that always says jam-packed, right? So this is jam-packed, okay? Let's go to another email. R- uh, Rory, do you want to read the email for us? Fine, yes, whatever. Dear Mr. White, I enjoy your podcast greatly, but one thing about it confuses me. Each week you say it is jam-packed, but I wonder how this can be. It seems to involve no jam. As the president of the country's largest jam, jelly, marmalade, and preserve-packing company, I'm curious about your method. Do you need a professional jam-packer? We would be happy to add you as a client. Rhonda Carlisle, Carlisle Jam Packing Limited. I will take this, because I, of course, am Mr. White. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I'm pretty sure that she means Jordan. No, it's, she said Mr. White. And I am the host of the show, so she's probably writing to me. And I just said jam-packed. Yes, but you said you, you said jam-packed because you were quoting your father. But, but, so what? I still said it. She probably heard me. The point is... She read the email before you said it. You read it afterwards. The point is, we don't need any jam-packed. We already have jam-packed. We have right... You say no jam? Well, you're wrong. It's got right of jam. Check out this awesome jam. The show is going to have a lot of stuff in it. The show is going to have so much stuff in it. The show is going to have a lot of stuff in it. Jam pack, jam pack. This is a pack jam. The show is going to have a lot of stuff in it. The show is going to have a lot of stuff in it. The show is going to have a lot of stuff in it. Jam pack, jam pack. This is a pack jam. This is a jam-packed pack jam! Alright, I, I, I don't know what that's supposed to prove. That was a jam-packed jam that I just did. That was a jam that was packed with stuff. Yeah, like m- music and lyrics and uh, I guess, was that a solo? No, that was a solo. You could imagine it was like a guitar solo, right? Wow, 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 wow. Well, that was your voice again, but your vo- I guess that was your voice pretending. Yeah, I was, pret- I was pretending to be a, a guitar. Wow, 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 yeah. Alright, fine, yes, whatever. Got another email, Frank? Do you want to read another email? Yeah, uh, hi, Scape et al. 
I know Jordan is not there right now, but when he gets back from destroying the Earth by banning insects and therefore throwing the entire ecosystem of the planet out of balance and leading us all to fiery deaths, can you ask him to read my message below, respond to it, and stop whining? Jordan, I don't understand why you are all so upset about losing your zoo. When you first hired Doc Mike, you said you wanted a communist zoo, where the animals governed themselves, not a dictatorship zoo where you always governed them. Doc Mike even described a custodial rule where you would govern them for a short period of time until they they were able to do it themselves, and you loved that. That has happened. You should be happy. You exercised your custodial rule, and now the animals are running themselves. Stop whining so much. Anyway, partial jokes aside, here's to hoping that this bill doesn't pass, and Jordan will actually make it back to respond to this question, and that it will even matter, because we'll all be alive. Have fun running the podcast without him while you still can, Jimothy Morris. Oh, okay, thank- first of all, let me answer the part that's for me. Uh, thank you. Now I will, I will say, Frank, pray the part that Dad said. Yeah. Hi, Jimothy. Thank you for uh, thank you for writing. I'm real busy today uh, up in Capitol Hill talking to some, some senators. Thankfully, Obama won. Everybody uh, knows that by now, of course. But I told you he was going to. I had the inside scoop. Point is, um, this bill is not going to destroy the entire ecosystem. That's why we are going to make it a public thing. I mean, as with most bills, it's not a kind of thing where we're going to pass it and then it immediately takes effect. It's going to be one of those situations where it says, as of April 2014, I think is what the date we're shooting for. As of April 2014, that's when all insects are 100% outlawed, which gives the scientific community more than a year, because hopefully this will pass soon, more than a year to prepare for the loss of all insects and for the... Uh, kind of the aggressive uh, killing of all insects. Uh, so please, uh, scientists, if you're out there, Dr. Stelloff, uh, other people who are not Dr. Stelloff, uh, please start start working on it. I know you guys can do this, and I know you guys can make this happen. This is going to be a wonderful thing for the country, and it's going to be the wonderful thing for the world. Um, so Because once we've uh, figured out a way to replace all insects with non-insects, uh, we will be able to spread that to the entire world. Not aggressively, not in the America is the, the protector of the rest of the world, and we're going to uh, uh, force everyone to go our way, but they'll see. They'll see how much happier we are in America with no insects bothering us at any times and how we are still able to get things like crops done and, and, and uh, uh, destroying all the things that need to get destroyed that insects destroy. But we'll do it in a, in a scientific and, and good and beneficial to humanity way. Look, long story short, it's not going to destroy the world. It is going to pass. These things are going to be good. You should uh, get ready for it. And um, was that it? Oh, the zoo thing. Yeah, listen. Uh, I'm glad that they have their independence. I, I don't think they went about it the right way. They murdered some people. I don't know if you know this, but we haven't been talking about the zoo quite as much since I lost control of it. Um, it It's not a good place to go anymore. I don't know if you know, but like people used to pay money to go in and see the animals. Now the only visitors I think that they've been getting since I left is like gang members throwing rival gangs into the zoo and making them try to force their way out before the animals kill and eat them. It's not a pretty sight. It really isn't. Um, communism, it turns out you might, you might need a slightly more intelligent um, citizenry in order to, to really pull off communism, um, it, which is nothing against people with low IQs. People with low IQs, you know, I'm not saying that dumb people can't handle communism but i am saying people dumber than dumb people can't so animals it's it turns out are not as good at zoo maintenance and um taxation and uh fairness and um you know all the all the ideals that uh i was trying to strive for <sighs> and that is what i think
Okay, th- thank you for that, Dad. We still have a lot of letters. Roy, do you want to read another one? Yes, uh, sure. Uh, dear Cast and Wax hosts, first of all, to Rory, I'm sorry for all the hard time I was giving you about how to pronounce your name. Also, I'm still interested in a real extra historical reading. When I asked before, you kind of did it quickly, where in another world you don't give me one, I kind of felt cheated on that reading. Also, I was wondering what happened between you and your most recent ex-girlfriend, that was who I was referring to in my last email, then after hearing about what the current extra history college is doing to you, is completely completely unfair, and that is why I think you should see if you could take out a loan from the bank, open up your own extra historical studies college, that way students can be licensed and you will have a better job than you currently have. Well, th- there's there's more parts of the emails, but I will um, I, I will pause there to answer those, those parts of it. Uh, this is Lauren, again, uh, writing into us. Lauren, um, let me, let me um, address all the things. Yes, June and I are not together anymore, it turns out. I, she, she hasn't spoken to me only through official communiques uh, from the Hirohito Loveberger Extra Historical Institute has she uh, communicated with me at all. Um, but it turns out, ever since I helped back the June T. Cheeseburger Institute, she's quite upset at me. She thinks that vegetarians are more important than our relationship. Well, there you are. I think that money is more important than our relationship, so we differ on those two things. The point is, um, that is what happened, and I don't really want to talk about it anymore. As for me starting my own institute, I cannot, because again, that contract that I'm under uh, has a non-competition clause, so I am not allowed to start another institute while I am currently working for this institute, or indeed for a period of three years after working for this institute. So I am kind of up a creek on that one as well. Uh, As for your extra historical reading, fine, I will give you an extra historical reading. Um... There is another world. Ah, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, Frank? Yes, of course. You're going to say extra history isn't real. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. That's not what I was going to say. That's not what I was going to say. I mean, it's true. But uh, let's say for a moment, extra history is completely 100% real. Uh, you are doing it wrong. What? Did, did you think I knew? How well, to? I mean, you know how to do it the, the way you used to do it. But there's a you've been doing it a new way. And I think that you owe it to Lauren and to the school and the contract that you've signed to do this extra historical reading in the new manner in which you... I'm uh, not taking a poo... To give her an extra historical reading. I, I, I just, it seems like that's the way you do things now. That is the proper way. No, this is, and there's no field to go well, in. That's, no, that's fine. We could just kind of, we could just do a, a, a graph chart on the toilet and uh, whatever part of the toilet it is. I'm not doing that. Well, no. Then I'm, then I guess you can't give her an extra historical reading. I can do it in the traditional manner. No, 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 no. You are under contract. The contract does not specify that. But it probably should. Look, I, Lauren, I'm sorry. He cannot because he has to do it in the current method. Fine. You know, look, I'm not doing that. So, Lauren, it's up to you. I can give you a traditional one, or I can give it to you in the new method, but I'm not doing that. Not today. It's up to you. Write in. Alright, could you read the rest of the please? <sighs> Fine. Frank, I've been listening to earlier episodes and was wondering if you, as a newscaster slash host, would look up and investigate the cold case about Jerome Scape, not to be confused with our beloved Scape. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Jerome Scape was a, uh, what was the deal with him? He was a guy that is not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Uh, it was something about uh, someone's long-lost brother, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Well, yes, Frank. Why don't you investigate that? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of a lowly human interest piece. I, I mean, was there a crime involved? Well, we don't know. We'd have to investigate. Uh, I mean, I guess. You really think? Uh, fine. I'll I'll do a little. I'll do a little research. I've got some resources. Uh, I can look into Jerome Scaper just a bit. Okay. Uh, next part of the letter, Scapey, have you gone back to rock school yet when listening to past episodes? It has been awesome hearing you sing new songs and getting A's for awesome. Did you go back to rock school, Scapey? Well, I know because 
I got kidnapped, remember? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. You could have gone back at any point. Well, I mean, I guess. They, I don't think we told them I ever got unkidnapped. You never told them? Well, I mean, it's not my responsibility. It's Dad who should really do it. You're the student. You really should do it. I can't write email. You have a Twitter. You could do email. I can't. The Twitter robot only does Twitter for me. Well, then you could Twitter at them. That's not how it works. That is actually how Twitter works. Well, it doesn't matter. I didn't do it now. But I have some news for you. At the end of the show, you will hear me singing a song. Is that something you want to do? Also, I sang one earlier, remember? That was pretty good. <sighs> Fine. And uh, finally, Jordan, you'll be missed by this fan, and I do hope everything in Washington goes okay. With that being said, although you're currently not here, but are involved from afar, I have a ukulele for covers request. I would love to hear your rendition of I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. That's all for now. Frank, do you want to play your answer? Hey, Lauren, uh, thank you, and I hope it goes well in Washington as well. Uh, soon, uh, insects will be a thing of the past. You will not have to worry about them anymore. Uh, as for your request, um, ukulele is for covers. The rule for ukulele for, is for covers is to request an artist, and then I will pick uh, the song by that artist that I will do. So if you want, you can uh, you can add Joan Jett to my my request list. But Although, I, that's not even a, a Joan Jett song, is it? Isn't it? It was a cover. But at any rate, uh, while we're... Uh, while I'm recording this really quick, I'll just uh, quickly, uh, uh, I'll just quickly toss it off for you. I saw him dancing there by the record machine. I knew he must have been about 17. Yeah, the beat was going strong and playing my favorite song. I could tell it wouldn't be long till he with me, yeah, me. I could tell it wouldn't be long till he with me, yeah, me. I'm singing, I love rock and roll. So put another dime in the jukebox, baby. A little quick version of the song for you. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, we, we, there's too many letters, guys. We can't read all these letters. Well, we are under obligation to. It is what we pledged, didn't we? All right, Escape, why don't we just do one more letter, and then we'll get to the show. All right, fine. Frank, read that. <sighs> Dear Rory, I heard in one of your Where Are They Now in History segments last podcast that you are single. This was very intriguing to me as a woman. I hope it's not too forward to say I have followed all your podcast segments very closely, and I find both your voice and your money very sexy. I haven't been able to find any pictures of you on the internet, though, but I bet you're incredibly handsome. Oh, <laughs> well, wonderful. However, I am not a homewrecker, and shame on you. For assuming all of us ladies would just fall over you once you said you were single without giving us the whole story. Last we heard, June had left you without a word, and now she has demoted you to research assistant of your own institute. What could you have possibly done to anger her so? How are we supposed to think you are boyfriend material when you anger your girlfriend so much, and then aren't even manly enough to stand up to her and keep control of the organization you founded? Also, you get like negative several hundred sexy points for touching cowpool all day, especially with your bare hands. I don't want you to touch me with those hands. So geez, Rory, get it together, tell us the whole story, man up, and stop touching cow poop for the sake of women everywhere. Waiting, hopefully, Teresa Gomez. Well, I didn't touch cow poop anymore. So, there you are, the cow's dead. Now you touch your own poop. Well, I wear gloves now. I have figured out that I can buy my own gloves. They didn't provide them as part of the research grant, which they really should do, but I provide my own gloves, and I, you know, defecate, and then later when I wake up and I'm sober, I pick it up with gloves. So, I no longer have um, um, excrement hands. There you are. As for what happened with my girlfriend, you all heard. I, I shouldn't have to explain it, but I already explained it to, to Lauren. Just because I put money ahead of vegetarianism, which I think is a pretty sensible thing to do, June decided um, that, you know, 
I mean, I suppose she hasn't said anything to me. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what it was. But she decided that we weren't going to be a item anymore. Look, the, the, and I don't own the Institute. They own the Institute, Hirohito and Loveburger. That is why it is called the Hirohito Loveburger Institute. If it was mine, it would be called the Sinjin Institute. And well, or it would be called something else because I actually founded one before and it was called the Queen's Institute. The point is, it's not my institute to run anymore. So there you are. Uh, hopefully you'll get back in touch with me, Theresa. You sound very attractive as well. And uh, maybe we can get together. I, I doubt it. Uh, the, the, the poop thing is a big roadblock. I do touch cow poop. Human poop is just as bad. With gloves, though. Gloves. Gloves. I take the gloves off before I go home. There's not going to be any excrement present when, when I'm in the company of a lady. That's it's my guarantee. Okay, can we get to the shows, please? Yes, fine, yes. Okay, good. So here's what we're going to do. We have a couple of shows. Uh, number one, we have Octopus Set which is a thing that is a show. Number two, we have uh, Frank Advice with Frank. Yeah, that's me. Uh, three, we have, uh, well, we have Rory Part 2. Yes, don't forget about me. Right, right, right. And then lastly, we have our new uh, Resins from the wife of Nathan Van Etten. Do you remember him? He used to be going to Vermont. Now he's back. So that's good. Anyway, uh, let's visit you um, right now. So, how are we getting out of fake jail? I know exactly how to get out of a fake jail. Octopus Set Chapter 3 How They Got Out of a Fake Jail by Nicholas Taylor Roach Help! Help us get out of a fake jail! That's not how you get out of a fake jail. Okay, I've never done this before, so don't laugh at me, okay? We good? Right. Awesome stuff. Anyway, on our last episode of Octopus Set, Ed and Tom... Paul. Oh, sorry. Paul. Where's that voice coming from? Hey, I know a Paul. He's not dead, is he? Oh, you guys want to hear about the time this guy, Paul, and his friend Ed were on the lamb from the law? It all started when Ed went to this strip club and bought a time machine with this incredibly shady and disreputable dealer. He was, like, so skeevy and stuff. Anyway, things got heated and Ed had to totally blow the dealer away and run back to his place. He had just enough time to show Paul an important piece of paper before the cops who had been tailing him showed up and knocked them out with some weird sleeping gas canister stuff. They woke up in this jail where Ed correctly guessed the cops who arrested them were not really cops. The real cops came by and arrested them, and it was really cool. Sirens, handcuffs, the works. That's not this guy Paul that you know. That's me. Tom, shut up. She's getting to the best part. It's Paul! And she's not getting to the best part. She's just got up to where we are. Furthermore, how does she know us? Who is she? Dude, I'm in the next cell over. Oh, um, hang on. Paul and Ed hear the whine of a rusty metal door swinging open. 
They watch as a beautiful, slender girl walks in front of their cell. She has her blonde, medium-length hair combed over so it covers half her face in this really cool, kind of mysterious way. Oh, and she's wearing a white tank top with a long knit coat. A black miniskirt. These black leggings. Ooh, and I totally forgot that she has these nice, knee-high boots that she got for sale. She's easily the awesomest 16-year-old alive, and... Yeah, we know. We can see you. Not bad on the eyes. Paul gives him a look that's totally like, are you serious? And elbows him in the ribs. Ow! What was that for? She said she's 16. Isn't she a little young for you? Wait, you just predicted what I was about to do. Yeah, part of a birth defect I have. A birth defect? Yeah, the docs call it omniscience. It's really lame when you go to movies and stuff. I mean, like, this one time, my friends and I went to the bookstore the night the new Harry Potter book was coming out. And in the middle of a crowd, I already knew the ending. So I'm all like, Snape kills! Uh, that's nice, Anyway, but... my name is Allison Michael Stephen de la Castilla Smith. But that's really a mouthful for anyone who's not me, so everyone just calls me narrator. Because of the birth defect. I don't know why my parents gave me such a Absolutely bad. wonderful, Allison, but could narrator. you... Narrator. Please call me narrator. Fine. Narrator. Would you please help us out of here? Why don't you? Huh? Never once did the thought crawl through Tom and Ed... Paul! Right. Never once did the thought crawl through Paul and Ed's minds that if they were in a fake jail, they might also be in a fake jail cell with a fake jail door and a fake jail lock. In reality, they could just chosen to walk out any time they choose. Tom, this is so cool. She's right about everything. Can we keep her? It's pu- Oh, screw it. Sure, maybe we can even figure out what's going to happen next. But you see, if our lucky protagonists did that, they'd be cheating and getting the plot spoilers. Then they'd know all the story pitfalls, gracefully avoid them, and deprive you, the audience, of a thrilling podcast. That is why our narrator came prepared with this nice iron skillet here. Ow! Oh, why does it hurt? Liberated of their consciousness, our two heroes slumber peacefully while I progress the plot. I'm sure you, the audience, have been wanting to ask... Hey, narrator, why would someone go through all the trouble to hire people to impersonate police officers, run into people's homes, shoot sleeping gas canisters, and imprison them? I would respond by saying, What an amazingly specific question you just asked, my listener. The answer is based on what happens next in the story. And what happens next in the story is based on the story's genre. Perhaps the serial you're listening to is some sort of conspiracy-laden thriller, showy organizations, evil government agents, snipers! Cover-ups, evidence, microfilm, crosses, double crosses, triple crosses, holy crosses. We may even throw a quadruple cross or two. Does that make it an octopus cross or perhaps an octopus set? Who is your friend? Who's your enemy? Paranoia abounds. Or maybe it's just one of those weird experimental serials where we throw a ton of non-sequiturs at you. Nothing makes sense! No one knows what will happen next. The story gods are pretentious and just want to inject your eardrums with crazy. Then just claim everything is symbolic in a cheap attempt at being deep. But you just know, deep down inside, they've all run out of ideas and out of budget. In the end, they make everyone explode into blobs of tang, and you're just going to feel cheated by the entire work and give all the authors a kill-em-all reputation. But no one will ever predict that sort of plot. 
So let's not bother and assume we're going to the sci-fi route with this story. It's a fair assessment. I mean, a possible time machine is involved. But how do you know if it's real? How do you know if it's fake? Personally, I don't really think it's a time machine, per se. Granted, it's capable of some pretty miraculous stuff. What's more, even if we say this whole thing is sci-fi, which type? Hard or soft? Will we talk about endless technical specifications of the time machine and be all hard sci-fi to appease the obsessive fan base? Or will we throw science to the wind, go soft sci-fi, and focus on the characters and their development? So, what's the decision? Hard or soft? I like soft serve myself, especially twist flavored. Not too much chocolate, not too much vanilla. But there are advantages to Neapolitan as well. But at this point, I'm asking you too many questions. You're questioning my reliability as a narrator. And we all have too many question marks over our heads at this point. So I propose we stop with all the questions and genre speculation and get back to the question at hand. Getting back to your question, I have an answer, but I'm not going to tell you. It just doesn't make the story so much fun. But I'll see your question and raise you too. Who sent Officer Hieronymus Belinovich to arrest Sylvia de Silva and Louis Lambard for impersonating officers of the law? For that, my captive audience, you need look no further than the residence of one Octopuset. Horn rims or monocle? Monocle. Horn rims, then. How's the new look? Octo normally looks stupid. Really stupid. 30-year-old man with a mind of a 15-year-old. Short, cropped, blonde hair. A molester mustache. A tiny, pointy goatee. And some nonsensical t-shirt about robots and dinosaurs. The horn rim glasses he wears on his face now make him a combination stupid and ironic. Ugh, the envy of Williamsburg. I, uh, I came by your residence to tell you we have a new lead on your missing... I don't know, machine? What kind of machine is it again? A, a, uh, special one. <sighs> your, uh, your special machine. We caught a dealer attempting to sell it at Wet Whistles. One thing led to another and a fight broke out, and at this point we believe in Ed Cranshaw. That's Cranshaw, got a hold of the device and fled the scene. Before we could apprehend him, two men impersonating officers intercepted Cranshaw, and we picked up both officers. And what's his face? We picked up both officers, but Cranshaw's whereabouts are still unknown. Damn it! What is my father buying your department new police cars for? I'm sorry, Mr. Pousset, is it? We're doing everything we can to get the device back to you. I just thought you wanted an update on the investigation. What I want is that machine in my hands by Sunday, or I'm done for. We'll do what we can, Mr. Uh, Pousset, and uh, have a good day. Octo walks over to his desk and moves his mouse bringing his computer to life. With a few clicks, he opens a video conferencing program. His speakers beep. (coughs) Signifying his attempts at connecting to another user. Moments later, his phone rings. Susan, video conference, not phone. Octo, do I have to? We've been through this, sweetie. (sighs) Whatever. Susan's face appears in his monitor. She holds a skippet in her hands. How's my girl doing with practice? I know you're going to place this year. Well, it's going okay. Yesterday I did 1,581 jumps, which was a new personal record. Everyone's really excited for me. Uh Uh-huh. And I was getting close to shattering the record today. Uh Uh-huh. I got to 1,489. Uh-huh. You know, before you called. Uh Uh-huh. Are you even listening to me? 
Oh yeah, that's amazing, Susie. I think you're gonna do great. Whatever. So, why do you like to do these video conferences so much? Can't we just talk on the phone like normal people? But this is so much better. We can see each other's faces, mannerisms, actions. And actions you like to see. Uh-huh. And make sure there's no actions you wouldn't like to see. Uh... uh-huh. Because a normal, well-adjusted boyfriend needs to make sure such actions aren't going well, on. Well, uh... Hey, check out these rims. Aren't they amazing? I gotta go, Octo. But wait, Susie, I had something to tell you. Really? Something important. Well, this I wouldn't mind seeing. Officer Blinovich has a lead on the time machine. There's a chance he can have the time machine back in my hands by Sunday, in time for the film festival. You know what this means? What does it mean, Octo? I can jump to the future, sample some creative inspiration from my film, and come back to the present with a stunning reel of celluloid that'll get me first prize. You mean you're going to jump into the future, steal someone's work, come back to the present, and claim it as your own? Sweetie, we've been over this. There's a fine line. Between inspiration and theft. Yeah, I got it. Besides, are we still sure it's a time machine? I mean, it's capable of some really miraculous stuff, but I wouldn't call it a time machine. It's more of a... a... Be that as it may, I know my machine will propel me to victory at the festival on Sunday. Have you ever thought of just entering your own film as it is? I mean, it could count as having some artistic merit? What, Odd Squid? That's something I slapped together in ten minutes in iMovie. I'd be the laughing stock of Brooklyn. Octo, I have to go. Wait, Susie, I just want to see you a little longer. No, you want to watch me. There's a fine line. With that, Octo's screen went blank. He walked over to his minibar and poured himself a glass of champagne, a preemptive toast to his future success. Speaking of toast, breakfast is almost ready. Back at Ed and Tom's place, a marvelous morning feast awaits the two men as they return to consciousness. Ed arrived first, immediately partaking of the fine meal I prepared. Lovely toast! And Tom, being the slow riser he was, eventually lumbered his way to the breakfast table. It's fine, whatever. I'm Tom. Whatever. Good morning, sleepyhead. Have some breakfast. I made toast. Gee, I wonder what made me sleep in so much. Uh, bad circadian rhythms? Yeah, scientist J.S. Zemensky's studies totally back up what Ed's day. He found that cute little animals could maintain 24-hour sleep cycles, even without changes in daylight or temperature, which typically suggests nighttime. Uh, wasn't he the Babylon 5 guy? No. You're thinking of J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, yeah. I have some Spider-Man comics by that guy. Never got into comics. I liked cartoons more. Which series? 60s or 90s? The one with Neil Patrick Harris. Get out! There's one with NPH? Yeah, but what's more interesting is the fact that Tom is getting increasingly bored with our increasingly esoteric conversations. Meanwhile, 50 feet away... Your friend door is getting increasingly picked by a Sylvia de Silva, freshly escaped from Rikers. What? Yeah, you may want to go chat with him. He may or may not have a gun. As for the rest of you, find out what he wants in the next episode of Octopus Set. In that episode of Octopus Set, narrator was Julia Adams, Tom was Bailiff Quimby, Ed was Jacob Thompson, Officer Hieronymus Blenovich was Pete Bowers, Octopus Set was Charles Berman, and Susan was Sarah Diaz.
Hello and welcome to Frank Advice. My name is Frank Allen and uh, welcome to another episode. It's going to be very exciting. We got lots of advice for you and lots of answers to the questions that people ask on the internet uh, without expecting us to actually answer them. But we are going to answer them here rather than there. So that's right. And I'm the co-host of Frank Advice. Oh, well, Ollie Russman. You're, I mean, you're my guest. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm your guest co-hosting Frank Advice, Wally Russman from Politalk with Wally Russman, Tuesdays and Thursdays with Wally Russman. I'm Wally Russman on the Extraordinary Transmission Network, and this week on uh, Cast and Wax. Yeah, I was going to say, not on the, we're not on the network right now. We're on Cast no. and Wax. No, but I'm I am on the network. I'm a member of the network and uh this But you're not on it right now, right? You're not broadcasting this right now. No, I'm not broadcasting it right now okay, on good. the network. Right now it's the Phil Lista show on the Extraordinary Transmission Network. If you're interested, uh Phil has an okay show. What's it about? Well, okay. Well, I don't want to hear about that because we're we're here to give advice. Right. And I have the truth. I all truth basically comes from me. Wow. Uh that's a bit extreme because we've Okay, well, I don't want to get into that too much, but we have truth here, too, and uh, we're going to all share it together. So uh, I will be happy to share it with you. Good, good. And and I, in return, will share it back to you, and also, most importantly, with the listeners. So well, I appreciate that, but I, I've got it already. Well, okay, but I'm going to... Okay, fine. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like me, Frank Allen, and whoever my guest is next time to answer, please write into us at castinwax at gmail.com. We do have... Which a, I don't. Well, okay. I'm not talking to you. Oh, all right. I'm Questions the, are a sign of weakness is what I'm saying. I'm talking to the listener, though. Yeah. The if, listener. If, listeners, if you're weak. No, don't say if you're weak because they're going to, the point, the whole basis of the show is asking questions that we're going to answer. Questions means you admit you don't know something. That's what everybody doesn't know something. I think you ought to revise your definition of everybody. Are you telling me that in this entire show, you are not going to ask a single question? Just you watch. I don't need to ask questions. All right, I we'll find out. I might ask rhetorical questions because oh. I'm a master of rhetoric. Oh, that's a loophole. Let's talk about uh, advice. Uh, I have here in front of me. Uh, Yahoo Answers, as I always do. Uh, it's ironically named uh, Yahoo Answers because it is full of questions, um, although I suppose other people supply the answers. So uh, I'm going to bring up a question here. Uh, here's one. Problem with jealousy? Please help. Uh, okay, so my boyfriend is really into music. He's into more rock, a little bit of alternative, and a bit of metal. He rarely listens to bands with girl singers. It's usually guys. Recently, he found a new band that he started loving. He told me that it's a girl singer, and she's really good, and I should look them up. So I looked them up, and I discovered the lead singer is really, really pretty and hot. And I got pretty jealous, because I know he must think that too. The band is very good, but I can't help but not like them, because my boyfriend is, like, obsessed with them. The next day at school, he kept mentioning how much he loves them and how they're his favorite band by far. The next day, I was having a really hard time getting over my jealousy, and I was pretty upset. My boyfriend was coming over later that night, and I thought maybe he wouldn't talk about them, because if he didn't, it'd be fine. Um, within the first three minutes of being at my house, he mentions the band and how one of his friends might get him a backstage pass. I told him that was awesome. He literally brought them up like five other times in the next hour. He showed me that he changed his background picture from a picture of us to a picture of the lead singer of the band. Then he showed me another picture of her. Then we were watching a movie, and he starts playing one of their songs and he's just laying there staring at his iPod screen. I couldn't take it anymore, so I left to fill up my glass of water, hoping that by the time I got back, he'd have stopped. I was wrong. He was still listening. I'm super jealous at this point because the lead singer girl is just amazingly hot and talented, and I know he thinks that too, and I'm having a hard time dealing with it. Any advice? I seriously need help, and I've talked about it with him, and he told me it's normal and that he won't mention them as much and that I shouldn't feel threatened by her, but he didn't deny it when I told him I knew he thought she was really attractive and talented, and that 
that hurt. So if you have any helpful tips to deal with this, it would be greatly appreciated. I'm usually not the jealous type, but this hit me hard. All right. Well, this is obviously a huge problem because your boyfriend is listening to rock music. I'll tell you what rock music is. It's all songs about disobeying the system, about sex, drugs, and itself, which is rock music. And these are all things that, you you know, the more you have sex, the more likely you are to have children that listen to rock music. <clears throat> the more lo- you do drugs, the more likely you, you are to have a skewed worldview because drugs distort your vision of the truth. Drugs, ladies and gentlemen, are the, the number one driving force behind people being arrested for drug possession. Well, and the more your boyfriend listens to rock music, the more he's going to get into a crowd of people that listen to rock music, people that do rock music, well, people that are in favor of the degradation of the society. I mean, that's true, but I, well, I, I don't know that all of that part was true, but uh, the part of that was true because, I mean, he definitely is into rock music, and I think she listens to rock music. I mean, I guess she doesn't explicitly say that. Well, she needs to get out of that immediately. She needs to stop at once, save herself, save her boyfriend, because I'll tell you what, rock songs are about sex. Not if all they of them. keep listening to that, well, a lot of them are. Okay. There was a rock group called the Sex Pistols. Yeah. You know what that refers to? Sex and pistols. A gun that shoots sex. Or having sex with a gun. Okay, well, I, I don't know. Either way, this is extremely dangerous because if they start having sex. Wait, I, I, well, it's, it's her boyfriend. There's a pretty decent chance they're having sex. They're not married. Did they say they were husband and wife? No, they didn't. But in fact, they specifically didn't. I mean, they specifically said boyfriend and girlfriend. But I'll, I'll tell you, when she's talking about the, the girl in the band being amazingly attractive, I think they mean for, for sexual activity. I think they do, too. Yeah. This is a rock group. They're probably talking about and having sex. Uh, wait, the band? Yes. Well, yeah. What is that a problem? I, like I, 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 I'll be honest with you. It sounds like you don't, you don't like sex. Well, if if you don't have, listen, sex is extremely important because ninety nine percent of children in this world come from sex. Without sex, we won't have people growing up to be our public figures, growing up to be our police officers, growing up to be our, our generals and soldiers. None of those people are going to happen unless there's sex. But if people are just going around having sex all the time... Then there's more people. There's more people. There's overpopulation. There there, is AIDS. There is uh, rock music. All of these things don't come from every time of sex. I've... I know. I've had sex. With your wife, I'm sure. I do not have a wife. Well, I'm sorry about whatever happened to your marriage. No, I have never been married. When you think you, you're the sort of person that can give advice to people? Well, I can. I know a lot of things. I have a, I've had a lot of experiences, so I've learned from them, and I learned about them by having them. So you, you're, you're going to go on and tell people, don't do what I did. Don't do what you did. Don't sure. be like me. Don't be like Wally Russman. No, don't be like you, Frank Allen. Wait. No, you're they can telling be. people. I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty good at what I do. So I think people can people can learn from me by uh, by emulation. Uh, I would say the best advice for this girl is um, you should try to get a backstage pass to this band, too, and see if you can score with this lead singer before he can. And then he'll know how score, you feel. Like, like score some drugs? No, no, no. no dr- drugs don't have to enter into it. I'm talking about sex. If you can get with this lead singer, then he'll be jealous of you. You're telling her to have sex? With the Before woman. She, with the woman? Yeah. But she's a woman. Right. And then the boyfriend... That, you know what that is. That's... Gay. Well, I mean, in the a, in a homosexual sense, not in the terrible sense. Wait a minute. What's the difference between the two senses that you're talking I'm, about? I'm saying, listen, my point is, right now, the boyfriend is attracted to this girl, right? Uh, the lead singer. Yes. And, they want to fornicate. They want to right. break the, the word of me. They well, want to break the word of the law. 
And also, no, that's God, not against the law. That's not against the law. Well, I, it depends where the law. They, but listen, what's more important is the truth. Truth is more important than laws. Sometimes lawmakers get things wrong. There are a lot of things that are allowed that shouldn't be allowed. Well, I don't think there's any laws against the truth. But what I'm saying is, look, right now, the boyfriend is making the girlfriend jealous. I think the girlfriend should turn it around, make the boyfriend jealous. Then when the boyfriend says, what are you doing? You're cheating on me. She can say, now you know how I felt when you were cheating in your in your ears, in your heart, by listening to this band all the time and talking about this band all the time. So cheating in your mouth, too. And I, I think that then he will come to an understanding. Then more than... Because obviously you've already talked to him about it and he says, oh, I'll, I'll dial it back. But he's not understanding how you really feel. So I think make him feel the way you feel and then you'll be on even ground again. Yeah, you can do that if you want to be wrong. You're going to ah. do what you do, but it's a free country for some reason still. Uh, but if you want to be correct and if you want to listen to me, Wally Russman, Tuesdays and Thursday with Wally Russman on Politalk, you'll do what I say, which wait, is wait, cut you, off this. You won't let people listen to your show unless they do what you say? No, I was just throwing in a promo in between. Oh, OK. Uh, you will you will do what I say. You will not listen to this rock music anymore because rock music leads to anti-authoritarian sex and drugs. And you will get married to this guy immediately so that it's not wrong for you to be having sex. But then it's even worse if your husband is listening to rock music and being jealous and you're jealous. But that's why that's why you get rid of the rock music. OK, I think people can make their own decision about that based on whose advice they like better between ours. Um, but but I, well, but I believe we're going to try something different uh, than we have tried before on Frank Advice. Now, you're going to bring us some questions, too. Is that correct, Mr. Rusman? Oh, yeah. Well, I've got some questions here. Uh, here well, here's one. Here's somebody looking for help here. It's, this is an etiquette question, it says. All right. Do I tell boyfriend about unwanted kiss? Please help. Went out last night and received an unwanted kiss from a man. He literally grabbed my face and kissed my lips. This was after talking for a few hours, literally, about politics and healthcare reform. Politalk, you mean. Well, that's what they were doing, basically. Like, uh -oh. politics a shortening of that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, come up with that. Next, it, was just, but, it was just a joke. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a boyfriend of six months, completely in love. I am sick to my stomach with guilt and just anxiety, even though it wasn't my fault. Please advice. Well, I, I actually think I, I know what to do here. Uh, oh, all right. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, I mean, you read the question. I think it's only fair that I... I was saying go ahead. Okay. Uh, there, there's some pretty simple... Uh, Yes, you should tell him uh, because, uh, and it's all in how you frame it. If you say, I had this, you know, somebody kissed me and oh, I can't stop thinking about it. Obviously, he's going to think you're guilty. Uh, you did something, but you didn't. We, you've already said it wasn't your kiss. It was an unwanted kiss. So I think you should very much frame this as, hey, boyfriend, uh, this guy kissed me. Here's his name. Here's his picture. Here's his address. Here is the part of his face I'd like you to hit, preferably, you know, point to it on the picture and try to get your boyfriend to to punch him. Now, obviously, don't go too far. You don't want your boyfriend to kill him. Then he'll get arrested. But if he punches him, if the guy calls the cops for that, I mean, he's a jerk. So he's already a jerk. He kissed you and you didn't want him to get kissed. So I think you should tell him. I think there's an easy way to tell him. I think just make it clear to him. Punch this guy for me. Please. That that's probably going to lead to a fight. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, at least one punch, if at he, least. Yeah, if you have, if you, she sends his boyfriend out to to punch this guy, it's going to lead to to fisticuffs. Yeah. I'm here's what I'll tell you right now. I don't even see what the problem is here because she's not married. There's this guy. I mean, he's a man, so he's going to start it, and he kissed her, and so you know he's not still kissing her, and uh, she's not married to this other guy. If they get married, then I mean. She, Sure, that's another matter, but uh, you know, um, that you know, he's gonna go around and kiss people till till he uh, till he gets uh, somebody who kisses him back. Wait, you, know, you, I don't you just you just ranted against sex for like a, a zillion years on the last question, and now you're saying kissing is okay? Kissing is not sex. 
Well, it's, I mean, it's part of it. Well, I mean, a lot of people, when they have sex, are probably kissing, too. Yeah. It's a, there's a high likelihood of that, statistically. I don't kiss anybody I don't want to have sex with. You kiss your mother with that mouth? I, okay, that's a different kind of kiss. The mother kiss is a different kind of kiss than the, you know, sex kiss. And that guy was probably not her mother. And he probably wanted to have sex with her. Yeah. He probably, he was probably going up to her and saying, okay, I'm the man. I'm going to kiss you now. Yeah. Um, all right, you get swept off your feet. I'll sweep you and we'll go and we'll make a household and, you know, be productive members of society. Now. So you think that kiss was a prelude to marriage? That should b virtually be sort of a proposal. And then if she says, ah, no, no way, that's pretty much what she did. Then, you know, everything's square. So you're fine with random. Uh, we could just walk up to women in the street and kiss them. Well, yeah. I mean, what else? I Are mean, you married? Am I married? Of course I'm married. Okay. Is that what you did to your wife? Did I kiss my wife? Yes. So, but without her permission. Do I do I look like the kind of guy that has to ask my wife permission for everything? For sex, for kissing, for going to the grocery store, for things like that. I Wait, don't have to ask. So you don't have to ask for sex? No, I just decide. Well, I don't know if that's... I'm, I'm what you call a decider. That was the there that was people, George Bush. He was he was also a decider in many ways. And I'm sure I I wasn't in the room with him and Laura Bush, but they were good Americans, and I'm sure they did things the proper American way. Are you talking about his sex life? I don't know about his sex life. I'm saying I'm sure they did it properly. Did you ever hear about a sex scandal or something going wrong sexually with George W. Bush? Oh no, not with him. There there you go. Everything was normal and fair and straight with George W. Bush. He he's a decider when he decides to have sex, he has sex. When he decides to drop a bomb, he drops a bomb. When he decides to do a thing, he goes and does it. That's the kind of man that George W. Bush is. Well, I mean, you know, that's why I voted for him. But fine. All right. So I say get the guy punched. Wally says you don't even have to tell your boyfriend. Not I mean, this is not very clear advice today on Frank advice, but why this is pretty clear. I mean, you don't have to hide things, but what's the problem is my advice. Oh, okay. I, I have another question here. All right, let's, let's hear it. Uh, do I really have to text or talk to my girlfriend every day? Uh, I ignored her for like five days because there was nothing to say and she wouldn't sleep with me, but she started complaining because I don't text her every day. Why should I? Girlfriends are so high maintenance. Well, if the, well, first of all, you already said there was nothing to say. How can you answer her if there's nothing to say? I'll tell you right now. First of all, text messages are a problem in society because they encourage writing way too much. The well, more, I mean, typing, typing. You can't, I mean, you can't write on a phone. Typing and writing is, typing's a kind of writing. It's, it's kind, it's, they encourage words, written, the word, written word, way, way too much. You know, the written word, I'll tell you what that leads to, books. Books. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of them. Yeah, the Communist Manifesto is a book. Yeah. The Koran is a book. Oh, okay. Every so, evil book in history has been a book. Well, but every every book. every good book is a book. What about the Bible? Show, show me a good. All right, the Bible. Yeah, is technically a book, but right. that's only because people put it down in paper in a book form. The more people write books, the greater a chance is that there is going to be an evil ideology that comes from books. And the more people write books, the more they go to school. School is where they have uh, unprotected sex, where they get into uh, drugs, where they get into um, the, the social services and, and leeching off this country. A lot of people that use social services at one point have been to school. Okay, so you're saying... I I actually don't see how this is. You're you're saying he shouldn't text her. No, text cell phones. Here's 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 what cell phones do. Cell phones take you away from the home and out onto the streets. Okay, but you know what? I think you're. I, I mean, I don't agree. But I think you're. Well, 
Well, hold, but, 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 but let me just say, I think you're getting away from the spirit of the question. I think the spirit of the question is, why does she want me to be in contact with her every day? I don't want to. Should I have to? Well, you have nothing to say to her. She, yeah. He has nothing to say to her. He and wants she to still sleep wants with her, to... and she doesn't want to. Well, that is because he's corrupted. I don't think he should have to talk to her every day. He should, he should get away from this sex before marriage. Everyone seems obsessed with having sex before they get married on Yahoo Answers. I don't know what kind of internet cesspool this is, but here's what you need to do. Don't talk to her every day. The more you talk to her, the more she finds out. Knowledge is dangerous, especially when she's reading it. The more you talk to her, the more you have to think of things to say. Thinking of things to say leads to thinking. Thinking leads to deviant thoughts, leads to disobedient thoughts, leads to subversion. The more you have to think of things to say, the more you distract her from her day-to-day -day chores. Don't come up with things to say just to say them. If you have things to say to her, you tell them to her. She can't come up to you and demand content from you all the time, can she? Well, I... I I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with you on this one. I think uh, maybe you should talk to your girlfriend every day because, uh, I mean, especially, listen, if you want her to sleep with you, she's only going to sleep with you if you talk to her more. You, you can't go days without talking to her and expect her to sleep with you, especially in the middle of those days when you're not talking to her. So I, I would say any day that you want to sleep with your girlfriend, you should talk to your girlfriend. You should talk to her to propose marriage to her. Well, okay. I mean, that's one thing you could say. I'm not going to tell this guy to marry his girlfriend. I don't, it sounds like she's nagging him all the time. Maybe they should get a different boyfriend and girlfriend then. Well, maybe they should find a different um, wife and husband, I should say. So they can have sex. Eventually, yes. Uh, so I Wait, mean, hold on. Eventually? You can't even have sex right after you get married? No, you can, but you have to get married first. Okay. Yes. They Eventually, the event has to happen that they find the person and get married. So basically, what he has to do is find someone else who doesn't make him talk to her all the time and then tell her they're going to get married and they're going to have sex now. All right. Have you picked out another question? All right. Here's here's another. This is the next one that came up here. Uh, how far around a girl's bum is her vagina? This ain't a rude, disgusting boy question. Me and my GF love each other so much, and she likes me touching her bum when we're kissing or when we're not. LOL. Anyway, we would just stood there talking to someone and he stood right next to me so I could touch her bum without the person seeing. It was for like five slash ten minutes. I wanted to know how far down her bum her you know is. She really likes me doing it and I just wanted to know if she was standing up, would I be touching her through her jeans? I don't actually want to. I don't yet as we want to take things slow but you was just wondering if maybe that's why she liked it so much. To be honest, I only went like that far around once. I'm just curious so don't answer Answer if you don't like the question. Thanks. Well, I'm fine with the question, so I can answer. I mean, I, I'm a little, although I will say I'm a little confused as to exactly what the question is asking for. Like, I, if you're asking for inches, I don't think I can give you that. Like, like the exact measurement, because I think it's different from woman to woman. But I, I don't think, usually, you don't think of the vagina as part of the, the butt. I would agree with that. This is a pretty simple question. This is just an anatomy question. Yeah. it's. I'm not going to tell you to go to an anatomy book, because books are kind of bad. But well, And that's probably a dirty book if you're going to it and it tells you the answer to that. Actually, that's but, a really good point. You could you could easily find pictures of this. Well, you you could like there's there's books that has this in it all the time. I mean, I'm just not going to tell you to hang around books all the time. And you're probably looking at dirty books if the book tells you this. But you could just look for the picture on the internet. Well, you could do that if you if you have the internet. They probably have the internet because this is a website. Yeah. But that's probably a dirty web page if they look at that. Here, I'm going to go on Yahoo and I'm going to type in uh, vagina. You're probably going to get something something dirty if you do that, like a dirty anatomy book. Uh, let's see. I hit images. Yeah, there's a lot of pictures of them. I, there probably is. Uh, I, are you telling him to do that? Well, we can just tell him. It's It doesn't go into the bum. Well, I don't it's think he separate. was going in the bum. That would be very crazy. If he's standing next to a woman and has himself inside of her bum, that's... 
intense. Well, no, he's saying how far into around the around bum. around. I think he was it going doesn't around. go around the bum. It's a different part. Right, right. But I but I see what he. I, I mean, I see where he's going with this. Yeah, but he's wrong. Right. I mean, right. He's wrong. Yeah, he, he just doesn't even work like that. It's in a, just in a different pot. It's like this Listen, is kind of a dirty show if we keep answering this. Just I, go to Yahoo and type in vagina and click well, images. There's a lot of very graphic images. You have to turn off safe search. You know what? Maybe they should just get married and she'll show him. Well, yeah. Listen, I, but aren't you concerned? But let me ask you this. If he's just rubbing her butt, is that okay? I, I guess it's kind of forward. I mean, well, she yeah, likes I, it. He already said she liked it. So that's, that's getting into be. I mean, that's a little further than kissing there. Yeah, no, I, I know it is, but but it's okay. So if he were to reach past, I mean, you know, if you go past the the butt, if you're going downwards and you go past and then you go around a little bit, then you're at the genitals there. Is that okay? That that's kind of pushing it. I mean, that's it's not. You're not married yet. You probably you know probably should just like touch it really quick and then move away. All right. Well, but then but in order to know that, he has to know where it is. So please go and look up this picture. You can see the distance. There's lots of they they definitely show the butthole here too. So you can see the distance, and that way you'll know how far you need to not go. What you really need to do is just ask her to marry you and say, okay, now that we're married, show me how the vagina doesn't touch the butt. All right. All right. Here's one. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, Wally, I think you you might uh, be familiar with this question. All right, let's see if I'm familiar. Uh, why should I accept illegals when some of them robbed my neighbor? They were supposed to be delivering her furniture and whatnot because she was moving to a new apartment, uh, and the illegals driving the truck stole her stuff. When she got to her new place, they had taken all of her stuff. Well, that's of course they had. That's obvious. And you think about illegals. There's a there's a, there's something to remember about the word illegal. It means you there's against the law. Now, people who illegally came into this country, they broke a law to do it. That means that they're willing to break the law. And people that are willing to break the law generally are going to do things that are against the law time and time again. Do you mean in all cases? Like if it, they're ever given a choice between breaking the law and not, they will break it? They won't care. Of course they'll break it. Oh. Of course they'll break it because they're illegals. Can you imagine somebody who's just like, well, laws are good, except not all the time? Well, I think everybody's like that. Then why doesn't everybody break into foreign countries? Well, Have you ever broken into a foreign country? I know I haven't. No, but that's I've, I've broken other laws. I mean, haven't you broken a law ever? Only the laws that were wrong. Okay, right. So and these laws are wrong. What if these people think the laws about immigration are wrong? Then they're wrong. Well, they're going around breaking good laws, like the law against stealing and the law against not breaking into the United States. Right. Now, if you know that they break one good law, they you know that they're going to break another good law about stealing your grandmother's stuff. That's why if you see someone out there, you should ask for their passport. At all times? Immediately if you see someone, ask for their passport? Yes. And if you if they don't have their passport, immediately be suspicious. Be suspicious anyway. Do you have your passport? Sus- yes. Suspicion. Let me see. Here it is. Well, okay. I don't know why you have your passport with you, but... That, yeah, that's your passport. Can I see yours? I no, I don't. I didn't bring my. I'm. Uh, we didn't leave the country, so I didn't bring my passport. So now I'm suspicious. Well, I mean, you, I'm not here illegally. I was born in this country, and I've been All here right, my whole you life. S- you sound like you were, but some people weren't. Well, and they're they're likely to commit crimes. For instance, well, if you sneak into well, this country, you can't get a job because that's illegal. So you need to eat. You're gonna have to steal food. These people did get jobs. That, they were working for a moving company, and then they still stole things. Well, that's true. But I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a unique case uh, because why would all it's these unique, moving companies you, hire illegal immigrants if they were just all stealing all the stuff? Well, maybe it's illegal people that run the moving company, and it's they're stealing things for the company. What if the person who stole something wasn't here illegally? Then they should be sent somewhere else so they stop stealing things illegally. 
legally? No, sent somewhere else legally so they can steal other people's legal stuff. What country would accept us sending them criminals? Australia. Oh, no, that was a long time ago, and it wasn't us. No, but they... There's a there's a track record there that they probably would do that. I'm not confident in that. I, look, I, I think the advice that you should take on this is why should you accept illegals when some of them rob your neighbor? Because they work really cheap. Because who's gonna who's gonna work that cheap if you don't accept illegal people? Who's well, gonna? Th that there's an easy answer to this. This is why we need to lower the minimum wage. Well, but that's not that's a law. But that's that. See, that's a we can change laws. I mean, right now, you shouldn't go around just like paying people very little money because it's because that's what you feel like doing. Well, no, you but do it because it, it costs you less. You do it because it costs you less, and you can get the labor cheaper. And that's you know you should be in favor of that. That's free market. Right. That's why we lower minimum wage. Well, so minimum wage is like a dollar, oh. and then you know we can pay people as little as we want. A dollar. And then an people hour? from yeah, and then people from foreign countries won't want to come over here anyway because they're not going to make any money. Then us rich get richer. And we keep the poor poorer. Well, I mean, I'm not that rich the, right now is the thing. Well, get rich. Do some work. I, I've done it, but, it, you know, you lose the money sometimes. <sighs> I think you should accept illegals because as long as we can't, if we lower the minimum wage, okay, then we're not going to okay. get as much in taxes. And we need to keep getting tax money. Lower the minimum wage and tax. Well, here's how you do it. You say the minimum wage is a dollar and the tax on that's like 75 cents. Oh, wow. Then how am I going to get rich if they're taxing 75 cents on the dollar? Just work really hard. Work a lot of hours. Get a better job. Start a business. Be an American. Now you're saying I got to work hard to get rich. Well, you got to work hard to, to, to try to get rich. Then you might not actually do it. Oh, this, this does not sound like the America I love. And well, what are you looking for from America? Communism? To get rich easily. Well, I mean, I did that in America. I well. Was, I was born into to wealth. Yeah, because they didn't tax easy. you 75 cents on the dollar. Also, you were born into wealth. Okay, well, there you are. You just have to tax... Tax the lower portion of the population more, it'll give them more an incentive to work. Oh, well, I don't see, I mean, wouldn't that give them less incentive to work? No, the, the, the more you tax them, the more they have to work to make them enough money to live on. Now, well, I true. I was born into wealth giving me the time to do the work that we need. I, w I come in here, I come into, I'm, I'm in here now. I'm going to be in a studio at least two more times this week talking for almost an hour. And that is to bring the truth to the people of this country. And if I had to go do a job, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do that. That's why it's important that I am wealthy. All right. I guess that makes sense. Of course it does. All right. You got another question there? All right. Let's see what we got here. Which landlord can I sue? On June 21st of this year, I lost my apartment in a fire. The fire started when outdating electrical wiring snapped in the ceiling of my living room, causing a fire. Unfortunately, I didn't have renter's insurance. My fault. I know. However, the fire wasn't my fault. And if it wasn't for my neighbor smelling fire and calling 911, I would have been dead. I was sleeping when it happened. Everyone I have talked to has said that I should sue. The current landlord had bought the building two weeks prior to the fire. My old landlord knew that the wiring was bad because I overheard him talking to an inspector and they mentioned it needed to be prepared. And he said, it isn't there anyway. I can get around it, meaning replace the wiring. Well, needless to say, it wasn't repaired. And the new landlord obviously didn't have enough time to do it before the fire. I feel shitty about suing the new landlord. He was handed a pile of star, 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 and had no idea what he was getting into. With that being said, I believe me and my two other neighbors lost their homes deserve compensation. We all could have died because of the negligence of my former landlord. Who can I legally sue? What would I be suing for? Will me not having renter's insurance make a difference? And what type of monetary compensation should I be asking for? I also want to point out that the American Red Cross only put me up in a hotel for one weekend and they could help no more. The current landlord made no 
attempt to help us find hotels using his insurance. He didn't even entertain the idea. He gave us 30 days to clean the apartment by ourselves with hazardous materials, asbestos, water, etc. And even charged me money to keep what I could salvage from the remnants of my home in the basement. So I need a lawyer's opinion as to what I should do and what you think the outcome is going to be for me and for the other people that want to sue as well. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm not a lawyer, but... Um, yeah, I'm not actually a lawyer either. But I think you could sue your neighbor for waking you up. Well, I think you need to sue the American Red Cross. They only put you up for a weekend, right? Right. Yeah. The American Red Cross, let me tell you this, they're, they're, they're full of money and they're just giving out, they're giving out handouts to people that don't deserve it. The American Red Cross is what you call a charity organization. Now, here you are, someone who thinks you deserve some money, try and take it from someone who you know has got it, the American Red Cross. Not somebody who just sold a building because they were running out of money. Can't, somebody who can't afford to put electrical wires in, they're probably almost as poor as you are. The American Red Cross, they're the people's money to take. Ah, you think so? Well, yeah. I mean, they're the ones here with money. I mean, they have money, but I mean, everybody involved has money. That's how society works. Well, yeah. I mean, but the, the, the people that are worth more worthwhile have more money. I would say... Uh no, I would say sue your neighbor because, I mean, what what is your neighbor doing, first of all, smelling around your house? Uh, that's a, a privacy issue. Your house is your business, and so people shouldn't be sticking their noses in it, literally, going, oh, what, what are they doing? Yeah, unless it's to find out if you've been doing something wrong. No, I, well, that's, you have, in America, we have the right to do something wrong. You know, we have the right to break the law. So if they're sitting there, I don't even know what they were Wait doing. Wait a minute. No, we don't. There's yeah, we no do. right to break the law. Of course What is the is. law there for? The law is there to punish you if you break it. But you can, you have to have the right to break it first in order for them to punish you. That's not a right. That's going against other people's rights. Yeah, but you, it, it's, okay. This is why, for example... You can't uh, say, I'm going to put a diamond uh, on a landmine, and if anybody picks up the diamond, the landmine will kill them. You can't do that, because that's infringing on their rights to steal your diamond. You have to let them do that, and then the police catch them and punish them. That's how it works. And so it's the same here. If you're doing... You have you be been talking to Byron Samuels? Well, I mean, I've talked to him before, but I'm, uh, this is just a common knowledge. We have this, the right... This is a ridiculous opinion. You don't have the right to break the law. Of course The laws we are do. there to tell you what you don't do. The right is the something you are allowed to do. The law is something you you are not allowed to do. You're not allowed to steal things. You're not allowed to go into other countries you're not supposed to go to. All right. Well, let me ask you you're this. You're not allowed to do bad things like make meth. Let me ask you this. Said, if the law says you're not allowed to break the law and we expect our citizens to follow all the laws, yes. then why would we make preparations for people to break the laws? The law says you have to follow all the laws, so no one should be breaking any of the laws. So why do we have prisons? Because we know there are people out there that are stupid and poor and ignorant who don't listen to me, don't listen to my program and then we know that they're going to break the law and that's why we lock them up so they stop doing that i look i i think that we do that because we have they have the right to break the law but then once you break the law the, the government has the right to punish you for it so the point is you can't go sticking your nose into other people's houses you can't go smelling fire they have invaded your right to privacy which is a constitutionally guaranteed right so i think you can sue them for breach of privacy and uh you know, they not only did they smell your house, they called 911 on you. You didn't do anything wrong. They shouldn't have called 911 on well, you. Well, you know what? Let's let's settle on this I, because you're making actually a fairly good argument there. Let's settle on just sue everybody because the more people that you sue, the better chance you are of making some money on this lawsuit. That's true. And and then more chance you are of getting rich and proving you're worth something. As long as so you I ask, just say, yeah, as sue as everybody. Ask for enough from each person that if you only won their case, it would pay for all the other cases. 
excuses, you're fine. Right, right. All right, I got one more question, and this one was actually sent directly to us. Uh, oh, all right. So, so, so uh, let's listen. Yeah, and again, if you want to send us a question, please cast it, well, us meaning me, castandwax at gmail.com. Well, why question. wouldn't you want to send me a question, too? I don't know how, you're not, you might not be back on the show. Why would I not be back on the show? Well, you're not going to be back every time, for sure. Why not? Because it's a, di- that's the whole, it's a different person every time. I'm not auditioning for a permanent guest. It's a different guest every time. All right. I mean, why would you go with the inferior choice when you had the option? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. Maybe the next person is better. Maybe it'll Wait, be... How would that be even possible? Maybe it's Wally Russman 2.0. That's not a real person. But it, what if it, what well, if it is? The, let's get all to right. the letter. Uh, so I've been dating this guy for about five years, but he hasn't really been calling me his girlfriend. He acts like I'm his girlfriend, but he still has on his Facebook page that he's single. I have asked a few times, but he avoids the question. But there's a guy at work who has a huge crush on me. I'm torn, so I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Lauren. Oh, well, of course you, we can help you. First of all, you need to get him married immediately because he is single. He's not married. So, I mean, I don't know why you keep going all these dates for five years and don't get married yet. Well, I, I think on Facebook you can say I'm in a relationship that isn't marriage. Well, yeah, like you can have my relationship to my pharmacist is customer and his is pharmacist. Well, okay. So technically, right, you are in a relationship with your pharmacist. Yeah. But I don't think most people would indicate that on Facebook. Well, because that would be stupid. There's no point. I mean, obviously, you don't have to write who's your pharmacist on facebook you just write if you're married or not and also th- this question would be very different if if she was saying i've known this guy for about five years i go he gives me drugs and yet he still doesn't say he's my pharmacist no that would be a terrible situation then you're probably getting crack or meth and or there's something this, like that there's yeah. this new guy who really wants to sell me drugs and i i don't know if i should do it you shouldn't do it you shouldn't do that at all this wait is- you're the one who oh. said you had a pharmacist i do have a pharmacist but that's for pharmaceutical like, authorized drugs like vicodin and things like that things that you get a doctor uh, or a nurse practitioner signature for. Why are you doing Vicodin? For pain. What pain? When I have a pain. I have pain. Then you go to a doctor. I've got a good friend, a doctor you can see. All right. But, but anyway. The point. Yeah, we didn't answer the question. So uh, if there's a guy who has a huge crush on you, I mean, right. I, don't know, I don't know. You should have sex with him, right? I mean, yeah, after you get married, yeah. Oh, okay. So which but which guy should she marry? Well, you see which one asks you first. You can't ask him to marry you. So your advice is keep waiting. Yeah, keep waiting around until he asks you to marry you. Don't tell him to say he's married on the internet when he's not married yet. Well, no, but he could say... I mean, here's the, are you, do you, are you, do you think people are allowed to have more than one girlfriend? Well, yeah, sure. You can go on dates with different people and then decide, you know, and then you get married. But that means you're sleeping around. Not if you're not having sex. Who does that? A bright thinking people. Ah, look, if I'm going on a date, there's an expectation. There's an expectation that you're going to have sex. Yeah. So you you only go on dates with. People I want to have sex with. Just like, people, just like with kissing. With vice, with people that are doing sins and vice well i'm hoping well that's because you're in part of this underworld part of this uh this youth subculture of of casual sex nobody has ever called me young on the show before and i i I thank you for that but i don't know that it's true it's not an underworld thing it's very above board we do it out in the open well we don't have sex out in the open i tried one time it didn't work out you don't have to be young to be in a youth subculture but clearly you are in a subculture of casual sex i think that's a culture of of casual sex i think there's a subculture of non-casual sex of formal sex yeah that sounds like a subculture well one is the bigger culture and one is the smaller culture yeah and maybe you know what i i am willing to say that most people are wrong because most people are not wally russman as i am yes that means being wally russman is a is a is a subculture is a 
uh, counterculture even. No, it is the the right culture. The culture is is what's right and traditional. The subculture is is what's wrong and backward, like casual sex. No, I, that's not how culture works. The counterculture just means against the culture, and the culture is a thing. It's like uh, if you culture a, a bacteria, like you start out with one, and then it grows to lots of them. And so there's lots of us who are all having sex, not all the time, but you know we try and uh, we do our best. And then there's you over there like on your own, haven't been cultured into a bacterium. I got married so I can have sex whenever I decide. Yeah, but you're not part of the culture of sex. I'm having it all all the time. Not all the time. You can't have it all the time. I mean, frequently, I go home and I say, sex now, and then I have it. Well, that's... That's different, though, because it's with a wife. It works the same way, but it's also moral now. Doesn't that make it less exciting? It's pretty exciting. Okay, look, I my advice is to, to this girl, to Lauren, is uh, to tell this guy, hey, am I your bo- girlfriend or not? Well, that's not really a telling. That's a question. But I think you should ask this guy, Are, am I your girlfriend or not? I need an answer because I feel like I'm your girlfriend. And uh, yeah, right. That's probably going to get out in the open what he thinks. That's probably important piece of the puzzle. Right. And then if he says, no, you're my wife. She'll say, well, hold on. We haven't been married. He'll say, damn it. I forgot. And then you get married. And then you can sleep together. And you can have sex all the time. All the time. Well, as much as you want. You probably, there's physical limitations on all the time. Right. All right. Well, I think we've solved all these problems. Uh, at least to my satisfaction. Well, yeah, I've been here and I've been giving the answers the whole time. Well, so If you I... like these, oh. and you've been giving opinions as well, and if you like these answers, just listen to Politalk, Tuesdays and Thursdays with Wally Russman on the Extraordinary Transmission Network. Uh, and Frank, if you, I, I've enjoyed this, I've enjoyed this program. You've got, I mean, you, you're not always right. You're wrong sometimes, but at least you're in the right sphere of thinking. Uh, if you ever want to come as a uh, as a guest commentator on Politalk, you'd be welcome. Oh, that would that would be very nice of you to, to offer. Thank you very much. I'm I'd be happy to come on. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll come back here someday too. So, uh, okay. Thank you for listening. Uh, Frank advice, please again. Castingwax at gmail.com. You can ask us questions and uh, us, meaning me and my guest, whoever that may be, and I will answer them. Uh, well, and my answer will be. The best answer. So, if it's me, you'll be asking me. Well, you can. Can yeah. people write into Politalk? Well, sure, sure. You can write into Politalk. Uh, right. I, I mean, I, I, I take calls, and you can write in. I, I mean, can you normally read? I have all the answers, so it's not a lot to contribute. But uh, I mean, I can't see you reading emails. Well, I can. I don't believe in reading. But here's the thing: I, this government is tyrannical. I was taught to read in school before I had any choice in the matter. Yeah, yeah. that's the socialist direction this country is taking. All right. Well. We do have to go, unfortunately. Uh, so we can't talk about the, the uh, fascism of reading right now. But thank you very much for listening to Frank Advice. And uh, until next time, uh, well, uh, I'll continue to be Frank. And I'll continue to be Wally. Good night. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On November 12, 1927, the Holland Tunnel between New York City and New Jersey was officially opened. Within an hour, over 20,000 people had walked the 9,250-foot distance between New York and New Jersey under the Hudson River, and the next day, the tunnel opened for automobile service. Nora, my life is cold, emotionless. Now I, Victor Freeze, will freeze the Holland Tunnel and all who are in it. Excellent. Motor cars approach. Vroom, vroom. Here I am in my motor car, driving across the tunnel. I like his song. Now he must die, cold, alone. This morning I cooked something and I used a funnel. Drive along, drive along in my car.
Wait a minute. What's that slippery substance up yes, ahead of me? Drive up my ice ramp Maybe into oblivion. I can speed across it and not slow down as Let the cold other black abyss kiss to. your soul. Where's that accelerator? Ah, it's beneath my foot. Screech! Speed on, fair into oblivion. Ah, I've died! After that disaster, of course, Victor Freeze was banned from going into any tunnels. However, one should watch out for ice on bridges, as he does still seem to haunt those. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello, my name is Rory Sinjin, and this is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. On November 19, 1969, Brazilian soccer great Pele scores his 1,000th professional goal in a game against Vasco da Gama in Rio de Janeiro's Marcana Stadium. It was a major milestone in an illustrious career that included three World Cup championships. Hi, I'm Vasco da Gama, famous Spanish explorer and apparently soccer great. You've really humiliated me, Pele. For shame. Ole, 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 I rock. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm a Spaniard and my blood is boiling. I will now stab you with my Spanish sword. Oh my god, soccer great Pele, you bastard! Oh uh, yeah, that was bad of me. Hey, come here. Oh, my innards! Where's the red card? Oh, wow. Two fights started in one day. Nothing bad can happen. Oh no, the police. And the now immortal Vasco da Gama is serving 10,000 consecutive life sentences for starting fights and killing people. One should never start a fight, especially in the world. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But freeze right where you are. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax. And let me tell you something. You know who used to start a lot of fights? I'll tell you, Mr. Freeze. He would start fights with Batman, and Batman would say, Well, you know, Mr. Freeze, I'm going to come after you. And he would come after him with the Batmobile, and Mr. Freeze would put ice down under the car. But Batman would go, I am a smart person. I know that I'm fighting Mr. Freeze, and therefore, when I'm driving my Batmobile, I'm going to be driving in unsafe conditions, so I will be extra careful, and I will go a little bit slower than I normally would, because he's Mr. Freeze, you know sensible. And he goes after him, and he finally catches up with him, and he punches him so hard that his glass dome, uh, by his I mean Mr. Freeze, glass dome helmet shatters, and then he goes, oh no, it's 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 so uncomfortably warm out there. And it, it distracts him, and he t- is taken away. So he shouldn't have started a fight, because that was his downfall. And uh, Batman, on the other hand, is very smart because he watches out for ice when he's driving. Especially on bridges. I didn't mention that, but, you know, when he's on bridges, that's when he's most like, oh, I bet you Mr. Freeze is near a bridge, so I'm going to be careful now. That's that. Where are they now in history? Castle my name is Roy Sinjin. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Daniel Schwartz, Pete Bowers, and Charles Berman. Season 2, Episode 1 Keys Clash with Nathan Van Etten. Doors are like portals with obstructions in them. They impede our progress until we have cleared them from our path, after which point they do not. To perpetuate their usefulness, doors are often equipped with locks, which can be opened only with keys. Or violence. Newly reacquainted with this problem is our very own Nathan Van Etten. Wait! I think I heard someone say my name! Can it be? Voice! Is that you? Of course it is, Nathan. How have you been? Oh, how have I been? I've been looking all over Vermont for you, you big galoot! But I've been right here, Nathan, waiting for you. But I was in Vermont! How awkward. 
But I have so much to tell you! Well, telling is how we relate events to one another. But come in. Take a load off. How I wish I could! This door is locked and I cannot find my keys! That's quite troubling, Nathan. Could you have left them in Vermont? I hope not! Can't you open the door? How could I, Nathan? I don't have any hands. All right! I forgot that of all my friends, you are the most incorporeal. Drat! Double drat! Drat is a word I do not have any thoughts in regard to. Well, can you open it with your... feet? Nathan, please take a moment to think about what you just said. All right! The doorknob is too high. Wait! Maybe I can use my newfound confidence to open this door. I will make a sunder check! hi Ow! That's a good start, Nathan. You made a fist-sized hole. Actually, the hole is slightly smaller than my fist. Witness how I cannot pull my hand out. Can you pull extra hard? Well, yeah, if I wanted my hand to have more splinters than a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles convention. But wait! I know that I am capable of doing anything I set my mind to. I will now set my mind to screaming for help! Help! Me! Nathan, my beautiful salt lick, I'm here. I just had to get some marital accessories from my house, and why is your hand in the door? Oh, Jane! My girlfriend, in the actual sense that we are dating now. I'm locked out of the house. I was trying to punch my way through the door, but my success has been mixed like nuts. Planters, of course. You poor thing. I know so many ways to get into this house. You could have just waited. I wanted to impress you with my manfulnessitude, which I'm pretty sure is a word, but that just might be the blood loss talking. Hold still, honey. I'll have this lock picked in a jiffy, and then we can get your hand out more gently. Yes, this will definitely need some bandages. Band-aid, of course. There we go, sweetie boo. Your house is open. But my hand is still stuck. God, Jane, your usefulness is so limited. Well, I can use this penny-scented lubricant to make it easier for you to get your hand out. And... There. (laughs) Wow! My fingers smell like the Franklin Mint. And they are freed from the door! Oh, don't worry, Nathan. I have plenty of ways of immobilizing you for my own purposes. That statement confuses me. Well, let me go upstairs and set up some... things... Come up in six minutes and it won't be so confusing. Restraint is freedom that has been bound by manacles. Freedom is restraint without its primary defining quality. And so, we tactfully leave Nathan here Oh no, voice! You're not leaving me now after all the trouble and self-discovery I went through to find you! There's that old saying that if you love something, set it free. If there's anything I've learned from this whole ordeal, it's that old sayings are bogus. You should never leave anything important out of your sight, ever. Since you left, I've learned through adversity how to be an autonomous and useful human being and acquired a girlfriend. I won't take that chance again. Uh, Nathan, if I promise really, really hard not to go anywhere, can I stay down here while you go upstairs with Jane? What are the chances... Of me staying down here, and you Not going- Not gonna happen, Nathan. Darn. And so we leave Nathan on his way upstairs, going to the level of his home that is higher above ground than the one he was on previously. 
Perhaps you will be elated against your will before we see you again for another lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the voice was Jaya Kungrad, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Washner, and Jane was Erin Morrissey. Excellent! Those are the shows. Now we have a billion letters. So if you want to write to us, write to castingwax at gmail.com, and now we will read some letters. Uh, Rory, go! Dear Scapey, I loved back when you did Escapey stories of the Rocky Hall Picture Show, but I was disappointed by my small role in it. Now that you have finished with Friday the 13th, could you do Escapey stories of shock treatment? Sincerely, Ralph Hapshire. Um, well, is that a, is that a scary story? Uh, well, it's about, uh, I saw it one time with Jordan, it's about a, um, a town that basically is, oddly enough, kind of run through a, a television station, uh, which gets sort of co-opted by advocates of mental health, uh, telling everyone they're crazy. Oh, that sounds pretty scary. Well, it's, I mean, it's more of a musical comedy. Oh, so it's not scary? Ah, uh, I mean, I guess it's all in how you do it. Yeah, that's true, actually. If I just tell it scary, I could be like, there's a television station. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds pretty scary. Okay, well, maybe, Ralph, maybe I'll do that, so you never know. <laughs> Fred, read the next one. Uh, sure. Uh, hi, guys. I just wanted to check in and say hi. Oh, this is from Lynn. I, I should do it in my Lynn voice. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Uh, hi, guys. I just wanted to check in and say hi. It's been a while since I was able to see you or catch up with the podcast, so I thought I'd drop a line. I understand from Jordan you're all okay since the hurricane, which is very good news. New York City got hit pretty hard. On a semi-related topic, have any of you heard from Jean-Baptiste lately? He is not responding to my emails or calls. I tried the London number he left me, but it's not in service. This is the first time I've had to call it, so I'm not sure it was ever set up or if something has happened. I'm very confused because I thought he was in London now, but when I visited my downtown home to assess the damage, extensive flooding and an extended power outage, but everything seems to be taken care of, my staff mentioned something about him having stayed there at some point, and they described him as crazy and smelly and using terrible French. This makes no sense to me on many levels, and I'm concerned now about his well-being. Anyway, since I've been unable to reach him, I thought maybe you guys have heard from him and I could at least know if he's okay. And secondarily, what was he doing at my other house, especially during a hurricane in that area? Also, you'll be excited to know that I'm close to finish with my book. I can't say too much about it yet, but Frank, it looks like I might need a release from you. When the manuscript is ready, I'll have to send you a copy if you could take a few minutes to just peruse it and sign off that I have permission to publish it with the very few and particularly benign parts about you. Hope to see you all soon. Lynn. Oh, okay, Lynn. It's good to hear from you. You're a good friend of ours. Um, I don't remember what you said just now, so I can't tell you anything. Hey, she, she was talking about John Baptiste, whether he was in London or, or New York. Look, I, I thought he was commuting. I thought he was in both places. So, more than likely, that was John Baptiste, and he, he is smelly and crazy, so there you are. Well, I, everybody else seems to call him pretty competent. Well, now we know the truth. The point is, um, I'm sure that he was there. And, and perhaps there's also another possibility. He could have let those refugees come stay at your home. Oh, I don't think John Baptiste would do that, do you? He's pretty forward about things, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Actually, I think we have a radio about that, don't we? Uh, oh, do we? Uh, well, but but I, I forgot to, I have to answer this uh, thing about a, a release form. Uh, why would I need to sign a release form? And what are you talking about about me and your book? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know why you would be, unless you're confessing to the crime that I believe you committed, 
um, which I will sign off for uh, if if you're gonna if this is a confession of the the O.J. Simpson uh, if I did it variety, then I will sign off on that. Okay, read the other email, Frank. You need okay. I guess I'll read this one too. Uh, dear Rory Sin John, I am live in New York now under roof. Thank heavens for kindness of extra history export John Baptiste Sam Serift. Uh, he has invited me along with surviving other refuge student to live in city home of Lynn Nelson. She is elsewhere, but her waiters is very friendly. I hope we do not inconvenient her too much since it is difficult to live cleanly, so many of us, but it is so much better to be worm. Uh, some of us still have disease, but are improving. I am worried, though. When does semester start? Where are classes? We have come far for scola. What we must do? Endrit Fishta. Endrit Fishta, look, you are officially everyone else's problem but mine. Not my problem in the slightest. I do not deal with enrollment. I do not deal with when classes start. I don't teach classes anymore. All I do is crap in a field. So there you are. If you want to come watch me crap in a field, well, I don't want you to, actually. So you may not. You mustn't. Hopefully there's not a class like that. But th th I don't want you to. So there's nothing for me to say to you. Lynn, it turns out that, yes, as I feared for your sake, Jean-Baptiste... Appears to have let refugees into your home. That is why it is dirty. That is why it is smelly. That is why it is wormy and disease-ridden. And I wouldn't recommend going back there ever. So, there you are. That was not very nice, Rory. Yes, well, I'm, I'm very unhappy with the situation and I don't want to... Look, forget it. Forget escape. You know, this, this person is writing to me. I don't have to deal with him anymore. It is a law. Well, I don't think that's actually a law. Oh, speaking of law, there's a thing for you about the law, too. Uh, come on. Frank, read that one, too. Uh, okay. Uh, whew, uh, Middle States Commission on Higher Education, Evaluation, Visit, Update, Attention, Rory Sinjin, uh, Research Assistant, Hirohita Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies. Dear Mr. Sinjin, I am sorry to write to you at this podcast email address again, but I understand that due to the nature of your new position at the Hirohito Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies, you no longer have your own office and rarely have access to an institute computer, and I wanted to make sure this message got to you. As you may remember, the Middle States Commission on Higher Education is concluding its week-long evaluation visit today. In your place, we have coordinated with Ms. Loveberger of the board while recruitment efforts begin for the next president. However, after the committee's initial report, I have some concerns. It is my hope that to have you go on the record directly to Middle States with your responses to these concerns in order to submit the most accurate view of our findings before internal investigations commence. First, the committee has raised some concerns regarding the allocation of tuition money. The financial records presented under your leadership as president are vague and poorly kept, and I must notify you that there is an allegation of embezzlement against you. It is important for me to know if you have spent tuition money on personal expenses and to understand any background or mitigating circumstances regarding these expenditures. Second, the committee has raised an alert regarding the qualifications of the faculty at the Hirohito Loveberger Institute, and as a party responsible for issuing licenses and hiring manager recently in charge of hiring faculty. I have some questions for you. Why are the faculty at the Institute not licensed to perform extra historical studies, as you claim? Was licensure in effect at the time of hiring? Are you authorized to issue licenses for extra history, and by which state or national body? Are you yourself licensed to perform extra historical studies? And if so, have you issued yourself your own license? Please issue your responses directly to me and not to anyone representing the Hirohito Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies so that I may continue to conduct an impartial investigation. Sincerely, Ella Knightley, Bronx Manhattan Coordinator, Middle State Commission on Higher Education. This is uh, the fact that I'm still getting all these emails about an institute I no longer run is outrageous. Look, I... I did I spend tuition money incorrectly? No, I spent it correctly. 
I spent it on things that were for the school only. Um, did I spend it on myself? Only in capacities that affected the school. So I spent it on my, you know, office and furnishing my office and, you know, the lunches that we would do when we were hiring faculty. But these are all legitimate expenditures. They are all completely legitimate. Um, you know, when you're wooing faculty, you, you take them out. That is how businesses work. I'm sure you know this. Did I spend it on my personal living quarters or things like that? No, of course not. I have lots of money now. For a while I didn't, but now I do. And so the point is, no, nothing untoward happened. And I'm no longer the head of the Institute. Everything that was done under my rule, so to speak, was completely approved by the board. So the board can be held responsible for any and all actions that I took as the president of the Institute for Extra Historical Studies, which is known as the Hirohito Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies. So talk to Mr. Hirohito, talk to Ms. Loveberger. They shall be able to answer all charges uh, because they approved every single one of them by hand. I have the paperwork. I can prove it. Regarding the licensure, no, licensure was not in place when I was the hiring position. Um, it is a recent event that, that that extra history has become a licensed field. Um, by whom was it licensed? Well, uh, m yes, by myself. I started my own uh, uh, corporation, the Extra Historical Licensing Corporation of America, and um, I issued the licenses myself. The problem being that between the time when I hired the faculty at the Institute and now, I have discovered that they are not worthy of being licensed. So they are completely unlicensed and remain so. I myself am licensed, of course, by the Extra Historical Licensure Corporation of America. Um, so you can trust my judgment. You can trust uh, the judgment of the Extra Historical Corporation for License... No, what is it? I think you said Extra Historical Licensure Corporation of America. Yes, yes. The ECLA. They uh, are a reputable source. They are uh, run by licensed extra historians. You know, so therefore, they are... They, they in fact, are made up of the highest concentration of licensed extra historians uh, in the nation. More in this organization than in any other organization. So, they are the most qualified to make extra historical uh, judgments. So, uh, that is that. And now, I hope you listen to this podcast, because I didn't want to have to email you. The point is, yes, I'm right in all counts. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, I think we still have some more emails. We got some for Frank now, I think. Oh, well, good, good, good. I, I was hoping so. Rory, please read them. Yes, uh, dear Frank, how's tricks? Wanted to make sure you didn't feel slighted by my votes appearing less substantial than they might have been. Um, uh, by the way, I'll skip to the end just to let you know, uh, this is a, a letter from Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Uh, being omniscient and all, I knew Jordan would fail to recognize that my claim that my number of votes should equal the sum total of all votes cast by everyone and should apply to all votes from the past and the future, since I exist outside of time and could see how all votes would be cast back when I wrote in. More to the point, I knew ahead of time that putting my support behind you at all, would tip the scales and get you the most votes in the end. Partly because I'm omniscient, but mostly because, I mean, come on, I'm God, the big G. What better endorsement could you ask for? So I'm glad I could help you out, and I am enjoying your new show. Maybe you can find a few questions related to me. I mean, all that sex stuff is good for ratings, but if you want to be taken seriously as a host, you know there are more important issues, like me. God. Lastly, to clear up a few points. Obama was born in America and is neither Muslim nor the Antichrist. How could I be sure? Omniscient, remember? Geez, why do I have to keep reminding people? I should know the answer to that if I'm omniscient, I suppose. Bless you all, even that heathen Jordan, Jesus Christ, God, Creator, All-Powerful, etc., etc., and Honorary Green Lantern. P.S. Hi, Mom. I'm on a podcast. Ah, uh, okay, Jesus, thank you for writing in. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter to me whether you... I mean, like, you're omniscient. Okay, sure. I'm glad I won, regardless of how it happened. So, if you're responsible for that in any way, thanks. 
Um, but, you know, I, you can't take the credit alone. A lot of people gave a lot of points for me. So, come on, it's a little egocentric of you to say you did it all. Uh, so, let's not say that. Uh, the Obama stuff, great, I'm glad, fine, whatever. Uh, oh, questions about God. All right, well, I'll try to do some some religious questions about uh, stuff on the next one. But, I, you know, I don't know that you're necessarily going to like my answers. Because, uh, I don't know if you remember, I uh, was not actually that keen on the tractor fiction stuff. That was all an act. Doing that stuff. Anyway, uh, thank you for writing in. Thank you for your votes. Fine. Okay, good. Uh, Rory, there's another one for Frank. Yes, of course. Dear Frank, I'm so glad you want to be a host for me. I'd like to get this project started as soon as possible. First thing I need to know is what kind of diet you have and the kind of things you like to eat. Also, this guy Jordan you hang out with is really bad news. Can you try to get him to stop his plan to ban bugs? Thanks. Andy, the hookworm. No, I think you're still saying it wrong. The, the hookworm. The hookworm. The hookworm. The hookworm. Fine, fine. Uh, Andy... Yes, uh, like I said, I need the details from you about what kind of projects it's going to be, but uh, my diet, uh, it's not, I mean, it's not great. I, I eat a lot of cheap foods, I eat a lot of hot dogs, I eat a lot of baked beans, uh, microwave pizzas, things that are, things you can get real cheap. Uh, things that cost less than a dollar are, are my uh, bread and butter, so to speak. <laughs> bread and butter as well, I, I do eat that. Uh, grilled cheese sometimes, I splurge. And, uh, you know, because I get a discount at the supermarket, not a huge one, because they know everybody needs food, so they don't want to make it too easy for you. But I do get a discount. Uh, and so I, I, I buy as cheap as I can. And uh, it's not a great diet. So that's why I'm a little out of shape. That being said, I'm I'm in great hosting shape because I keep that muscle exercise, the host muscle, uh, not an actual muscle. Uh, I mean, my, my throat, it, it uses my, uh, my vocal cords, but it also is mostly the, the brain muscle, which is not a muscle. It's a metaphor. So yeah, send me the details. All right. Is that the last email? Do we have another one? Looks like we actually do have another one. Okay. Frank, do you want to read this? Oh, fine. Uh, dear host of Cast and Wax, uh, I would like to start by thanking you for your diligence, creativity, and humor. I have been a fan of your show for some time, and I've enjoyed listening to all the various radio serials, as well as following your many personal and professional exploits. As a fan and aspiring entrepreneur, I'm interested in creating a line of novelty products based on your podcast. I foresee a potentially profitable line of clothing and collectibles. Please let me know if you would be open to exploring this possibility of merchandising. As an initial venture to test the metaphorical waters of demand for waxwork-themed items, I would like to create a custom set of waxwork playing cards. I've already begun working with a graphic designer, but I'm curious which of the hosts and characters you think should be on each of the playing cards. Uh, who do you think should be the king, queen, or joker, for example? I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts and working to develop this line of merchandise for our mutual benefit. All my best. Uh, oh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Oh, come on. You're supposed to be a professional. Uh, you, you do it. Look at it. Um, ooh. El, el, elif, elifa Godrinason? Or something. I, it's some sort of, uh, uh, I think that's uh, Norse or something. Well, anyway, um, I think the answer is obvious. I should be the king. No, Frank. The answer is more obvious than that. Um, there are four suits. We should all be the kings. Jordan... Escape yourself and me should be the kings. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I would be the, uh, oh, I would be the king of, um, oof, I guess clubs. I would obviously be diamonds. Oh, uh, I would be hearts because everybody loves me. <laughs> which, which leaves Jordan with spades. Uh, I guess that makes sense. It is the quote unquote highest suit is the, you know what I mean? He is the main host, really. I'm the main host now. Right, but really, okay, anyway, the point is, uh, I mean, that would be a, a way to do it. And then, and then you could step down to queens, you know, Jordan's queen could be Devon and, uh, I don't know who mine would be. Well, obviously yours would be Lynn because you have fighting with her. Well, fine. then yours would be June. Well, I mean, she shouldn't be part of it anymore, don't you think? And what, mine would be Boo Yeah. My Jack would be Jason, I think. Uh, J Jason? Why would it be Jason? Because he's like, 
awesome. Okay, well, I mean, we've gotten you started. Uh, you can, you can, you can roll from there. Okay, uh, well, that's about it for this week uh, of episode uh, stuff. Next, you're gonna hear a song that I sing. It's a cover song that I sing. One time I sang it live in front of a bunch of people. Now I've sang it in front of you right now. So here we go. It's gonna be good, and uh, I will be uh, smelling. This song is dedicated to everyone who does not know me or recognize my face. Say you don't know me or recognize my face. Say you don't.